the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed, and a good morning to you. Thanks. Hour number two is underway. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday, the eighth morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2020. We've got a conversation with former congressman from Colorado, Tom Tancredo, coming up in about a half an hour. Uh, looking forward to talking to him about the Iranian strike, both our strike at Soleimani uh, that killed him a few days ago, and last night's uh, missile strikes by uh, the nation of Iran into a foreign country. They fired into Iraq to try to hit U.S. bases. Well, the question as to whether or not they tried to hit them or wanted to just hit near them so that they wouldn't hurt anybody, thus drawing the full wrath of the American president and the American military. That's the question right now. What was the intention? One thing we cannot dispute, however, is what is responsible for this Iranian aggression? What is it? Is it Donald Trump killing Soleimani? Is that where we are? If you think that Iran started hating us the moment Donald Trump ordered the strike against Soleimani, and that is what is going to lead to any sort of military encounters between the two nations, up to and including full-on war, ground war, etc., which I do not believe President Trump wants, nor will allow. But if you think that any of this military escalation started because Donald Trump ordered the killing of Soleimani when the opportunity was there, as he had just carried out um, uh, Iranian uh, militia attacks against us and was plotting more, then you, you really are deluding yourself. There is a great uh, PDF file. That um, is linked. There is an internet link to it, and as long as you have a, a you know a PDF uh, reader on your computer or your phone, you'll be able to open this. That I uh, Facebook. I don't think I put it on Twitter yet. Maybe I did. Um, it, but I'm on Twitter and Facebook at France Radio. Either place, find me there. F R A N T Z Radio. And there's a great link. A history of Iranian attacks on Americans. 
It's only two pages long because it's very, very briefly summarized each of these incidents. Um, we could go, I'm sure whoever wrote this could go into a lot more detail, but this is just kind of for thumbnail sketch purposes. But for almost four decades, Iran and its terrorist proxies have targeted American civilians and military personnel from the 1983 bombing of the U.S. Marine barracks in Beirut to more than a decade of attacks against U.S. military personnel in Iraq, Iran's terrorist proxies have killed more Americans than any terrorist group other than al-Qaeda. These attacks underscore Iran's malign activities in the region region and beyond. Um, Congress and the administration must continue to confront Iran's regional aggression and support for terrorism. And it goes on from 1979 to, 90, uh, to 81, the hostages held at the U.S. Embassy in Iran. 1983, the suicide bombings by Iranian-backed terrorist organization Hezbollah in Lebanon. 1988, mine attack in the Persian Gulf. 1996, truck bombing in Saudi, bombing in, uh, Saudi Arabia by Hezbollah terrorists, Iranian-backed and supported. Uh, to 2001, the support for the 9-11 hijackers. Iran knowingly permitted members of al-Qaeda, including several of the 9-11 hijackers, to transmit, uh, to transit, rather, Iranian territory on their way to Afghanistan for their training. Uh, in April of 2018, a U.S. judge ordered Iran to pay $6 billion to the families of the 9-11 victims for supporting the hijackers. 2003-2011, deadly Iranian influence in Iraq as ba- uh, Iranian-backed Shiite militias have, directed by Soleimani, killed hundreds of U.S. service members and civilians, providing training and material support for repeated attacks on U.S. personnel with conventional weapons and with their sophisticated IEDs. Again, Soleimani responsible. IEDs, which are improvised explosive devices and explosively uh, formed projectiles, EFPs. Uh, 2007 to the present, unjustly detaining Americans. 2011, assassination attempt in D.C. by the IRGC. 2012-2013, attacks on U.S. interests in Africa. 2015 to the president. All kinds of provocative actions and harassment in the Persian Gulf. All kinds of actions against American ships and against um, uh, Saudi ships, which matter because of uh, the transportation of oil. Uh, 2017, Hezbollah plots attacks in the United States. 2018, agents of Iran arrested in the United States for surveilling potential terror targets, including Israeli and Jewish targets in Chicago. And 2018, as well, Iranian proxies targeting uh, U.S. diplomats uh, in Iraq. So there is a long history of provocative, aggressive, violent, lethal uh, Iranian attacks on America, on Americans, and on American allies and assets. They hate this country. They hated us when Ronald, when Jimmy Carter was president. They hated us when Ronald Reagan got the hostages freed. They hated us through, but I mean, this isn't new. They didn't start hating us and want to kill us because Donald Trump killed Soleimani. Don't let the left lie to you. And where we are right now is much more recently a direct result of the foreign policy of Barack Obama and John Kerry, his Secretary of State. Make no mistake. Pete Hegseth is a Fox News contributor, but more importantly, he's a veteran of both the Afghanistan and Iraq wars. 
This is what he said. Listen, this instant, this moment right now is on Barack Obama, not Donald Trump. When Barack Obama retreated in Iraq and created a vacuum, he unleashed two radical forces. First, ISIS, which Trump, President Trump had to come in and eradicate. But he also opened the door for Iran's influence to totally take over Iraq to the point where now the legislature in Iraq is effectively right. controlled by Iran. If we couldn't solve the problem in Iraq with 150,000 troops and the right strategy, we're not going to do it now with five. So whether we leave Iraq mm -hmm. or not should be done on our terms and based on how we stare down Iran and their ability to get a nuclear bomb. It's all, all right. So that and that's key, by the way. That's another reason why we are there. People, I've I've had arguments online with people who say this is uh, you know this is our fault. Uh, they want us out of their region, and uh, if we if we weren't in the region, then they, then you know all of this uh, escalation wouldn't be happening. We're warmongers. Do these people honestly think that if we remove ourselves from the Middle East that they're going to just play nicely among themselves? Do they not realize that Iran is the world's largest exporter of Islamic terrorism? That means they don't just commit terror attacks in their own country, they export it. And they do so because they believe in Islamic theocracies, Islamic, the Islamic Republic of Iran in particular, that it is their duty as subservient Muslims, this is what the mullahs and, the, uh, and the, uh, their leaders believe, and, and quite frankly, anybody who actually calls himself a Muslim, if they read the Quran, this is what they have to believe, because it's what the Quran says, that their duty is to spread Islam throughout the world until it is the one world religion. And as part of that, they have to wipe out other religions, including Judaism, which means including wiping out the nation of Israel, which they promise to do on a regular basis, and which they will do if they are ever allowed to build a nuclear bomb. Our presence in the Middle East is not leading to all of the violence. Our presence is intended to deter the violence, to monitor and make sure that they never get a nuclear bomb, to make sure that they do not outgrow outsized uh, power in the region, to make sure they do not continue to spread and expand their influence in the region and beyond into Europe, into the United States, we are there for a reason. And the only reason they now consider or have until this moment considered us weak is because they were treated with kindness and appeasement by the Obama administration. They've hated America for a long time. As I said, going back as far as 1979 and the taking of the hostages for 444 days. When do they flex their muscles? When they sense American weakness. They did it when Carter was president. They escalated it when Obama was president. And only strength, only strength can be used to respond to them. If you show weakness, they gain uh, confidence. They're emboldened to continue. Guess what Donald Trump did? He did the opposite of what Obama did. He did the opposite of portraying weakness and appeasement. Here's some cash. Go ahead and, and, and get back to the normal business of interacting with the rest of the world. We'll drop the sanctions, give you $150 billion in cash, including $1.8 billion of American tax dollars. Here you go. On pallets in the dark of night. 
Guess what that does? That makes the mullahs laugh their heads off as they use those dollars to build more missiles to fire at American interests. That's why Representative Matt Gates, last night on Laura Ingram, said that the Obama-Biden policy with Iran put us in this place. It's given $150 billion to Iran, and, and then you know, financing Hezbollah in Lebanon and Assad in Syria and helping the, the Houthis take out the government in Yemen, test-firing intercontinental ballistic missiles. You remember when they embarrassed or detained and embarrassed our Navy sailors, and then John Kerry's response was, thank you. Uh, and then delivering $1.7 billion in, on pallets of cash. He actually said the way to de-escalate is for us now to go to Iran and say, oh, please, sir, may I have another? They don't respect I want to go, I want to go back, we want to go back to the Iran deal after they use this as an excuse to not bad. abide by the Iran deal, if they even were. It, it is obvious that the violence that Iran has undertaken has been animated by the Iran deal. It has been funded by... This is Gates, by the way. This is Gates. The first, the first was not. This is Matt Gates. ...by the Iran deal. And thus, we are in this circumstance because of the failures of the Obama-Biden policy. But let's make sure that the Trump doctrine is not a continuation of the Obama-Bush doctrine. Let's make sure that we're able to match our military might with the right strategic decisions to get out of the Middle East a place... Think about what China's thinking right now. They're probably laughing and hoping that we get in another two-decade-long How much money have they spent in the Middle East? All right, uh, quick time out now. It's 1021. I do see you on hold. I apologize for being long-winded here, but there's a lot of information I needed to convey. Uh, your call's next, AM 1420, The Answer. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 1026, excuse me, 1026, thanks for joining us on AM 1420. The answer, you've probably been hearing all morning uh, the promos for this movie. i I got to tell you, if you are a military buff, if you are a history buff, if you are, uh, if you like war movies, whether they're true or whether they're, uh, you know, uh, made-up stories to to uh, kind of present the horrors of war, Saving Private Ryan comes to mind. It's a, a fictional story of this particular private, but obviously it showed the horrors of war during the uh, storming of the beaches at Normandy. Um, if you like these kinds of things, you're going to love this. I cannot wait to see it. It opens Friday. It's called 1917. You've been hearing this. Hold fast! The best picture of the year is 1917. Raves Forbes magazine. We've got orders to cross here. That is the German front line. It's a soaring tribute to heroism that's both epic and intimate. We need to keep moving! The best war movie since Saving Private Ryan. There's only one way this ends. Last man standing. 1917. Rated R. Under 17. Not made without parents. Now playing in select theaters everywhere Friday. The uh, the difference between this war movie and Saving Private Ryan, however, is as I said, Private Ryan was a fictional character. There wasn't a Private Ryan that had to be saved, et cetera, et cetera, with the whole storyline there. Uh, although the war was real, that fictional storyline was was just that. In 1917, there's no fiction here. This is the real story of two British soldiers in World War One during the uh, the height of the war. I mean, you know, the, the First World War, 1917, northern France, these two young British soldiers, Schofield and Blake, are given this... Um, this mission, and it's an impossible mission, essentially. Uh, in a race against time, they have to cross over into enemy territory unprotected to deliver, hand-deliver, 
a message that could potentially save the lives of 1,600 of their comrades, including uh, Blake's own brother. And the story is simply amazing because of of uh, you know what you know what they were being asked to do. It was literally impossible, and yet somehow they got it done. The Germans had feigned retreat to uh, what was known as the Hindenburg Line. And uh, there was a huge assault that was planned on German forces based on their retreat. But uh, word got out that it was a uh, trap, uh, and essentially it was going to be an ambush, and the 1,600 men were all going to be slaughtered if they didn't get that message in time there to call off that attack that was going to lead to that ambush. And uh, uh, it is, if you like I said, if you like war movies, I do. If you like military history, I do. Then you're going to love 1917. It starts on Friday. I hope to see you at a theater because I'll be there. Uh, let's go to... Um, B.J. in North Olmsted next. Hey, B.J., you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. I'll be brief. On January 2nd of this year and on the 6th of January, in the Christian Science Monitor Daily on the web, and I hope people look it up, are two articles about Israeli women that are being attacked by Orthodox Jewish men because of the garb they're wearing. Now, they just showed a picture of the Iranian women crying over this general that was shot, and they were all shrouded in black. Up until the 1920s, women have been pretty much shrouded wearing babushkas and what have you in coverings. We talk about the political aspects of what's going on, but Iran and Iraq do not want any influence from the outside world undressing their women and modernizing them. This is more about a social war going on than a political war, and we're missing that point. We talk too much politics. And in this country, it's a social war as well. Abortion for the Democrats is about a woman's right to do whatever the hell she wants to do with life in her body. So we have to become more aware of what the hell is happening socially than politically. They want to re-shroud the women. In India, women have been shrouded. Across the world, they've been shrouded. But up until the 1920s, that started to change in this country. That's why they're hated. That's why there were swastikas on the graves in France, on the Jewish graves, because they think that the Jewish people want to over-modernize the world. We have to become more aware of what we are doing to ourselves socially than politically. And if we don't pay attention to that, there is a war going on between the sexes in our world right now. The dominance of the Muslim men over women is what is causing these wars over there more than any other issue more than the politics, the Sunnis and, and the Shiites. It's all about the religion. It's nothing more than that. We are in a religious war. We're not in a political war. And I hope we awake to that. Thank you for your time, Bob. BJ, thank you for the phone call. Very interesting analysis. I do think there are some elements of that that are true. I don't know that I would go all in on it, but um, your 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 point about the social aspects of war and the cultural aspects very well taken. Thank you so much. It's ten thirty one news time. Back with your calls after this. Ten thirty-five onward, we roll. Twenty-five minutes of outstanding awesome left for you this morning. Then we're going to get the Mike Gallagher brand of awesome at eleven o'clock. Prager at noon. Doctor G. Doctor G. By the way, getting a lot of attention. Most of it negative from the snowflakes on Twitter who claim that he is literally just demanding a war, a ground war, no less, with uh, uh, the Iranians because of his comments on Fox last night on Lou Dobbs. Before I go to my guest, listen to what uh, Doctor G. had to say. 
Well, let me say what the response will not be. And this is to all the people out there of the 63 million that chose Donald Trump, a non-politician, to be our president because of 18 years of endless wars. There will be no invasion of Iran. There will be no regime change by the 82nd Airborne. But there will be retaliation. And it will be disproportionate because... Iran has been doing this since 1979. The good news is we have such overwhelming capabilities. We are not a superpower anymore, Lou. We are a hyperpower that would stand off capabilities with our own cruise missiles, with our stealth bombers, with those 52 F-35 uh, fighters that were paraded in an elephant walk across that base today in a very symbolic message about the 52 Americans taken hostage in our embassy for 444 days. This president will cripple, cripple to the ground the regime in Iran. I that is why he is being hit because of uh, his prognostication, and it sounds like his hope that we will cripple the regime in Iran. I would like to uh, respond to the gentleman from Washington, D.C. by seconding that. Uh, I, we, the regime should be crippled. Do we need ground forces? Absolutely not. Uh, can we cripple the regime without harming a bunch of innocent Iraqi civilians who are not part of that? Yes, we can, and that is exactly what I believe we will do. Now, the question is, is will that war just be fought on Iranian soil, or do we have to war? Worry about what's going on here in the United States. Could there be Iranians in the United States planning some sort of retaliation of their own? That is why we turn to our guest now. That's a pretty good segue, I think. Huh? Former Congressman from Colorado, Tom Tancredo, is on the advisory board now of We Build the Wall. He's also the author of the famous Bush era book called In Mortal Danger The Battle for America's Border and Security. And now we need to talk about security as it pertains to potentially Iranians or other foreign foreign nationals coming across that border who are not just migrant farm workers or drug cartel members. Congressman Tancredo, thank you so much for coming on the program. How are you, sir? You bet. I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, first of all, let's talk about uh, We Build the Wall, and then we'll get into the more specifics about what the potential threats are of Iran getting uh, individuals uh, into our country by some manner or fashion in order to carry out attacks against the United States. Tell me about the organization you represent. Sure. A gentleman by the name of Brian Kofetz, who is a triple amputee veteran, um, is the head of it. He, uh, uh, some time ago, thought, uh, somebody's got to do something. He kept reading that, that Trump couldn't get the money from Congress to build the wall, so he said, well, I'll help. And he uh, started a GoFundMe effort to go to fund the, the building of a wall on the southern border. Well, it was overwhelmingly successful beyond anybody's expectations and raised $20 million in about three weeks. Uh, 400,000 contributors, about 60 bucks a person averaging, and so um, the next problem he faced, he didn't realize, being new to this arena, that uh, you can give money to the federal government, you simply can't, you cannot earmark it, you can't say it has to be used for a wall. So it had to be changed into something else, a 501c4, uh, private, uh, it is a, a designation that allows a private entity, uh, now called We Build the Wall, to um, undertake the process, uh, and so we are doing that. Uh, people were able to move their money from the from the GoFundMe into the uh, C4, mm -hmm. and uh, we seek out uh, private property, uh, 
Um, and the, you know, the owners, of course, have to uh, agree and want us to build something there to protect their property. Um, and it has to be in an area that has a lot of traffic uh, uh, that we're trying to stop. Um, and we have to get all the regular, you know, you have to meet all the regulatory burden. That's probably sometimes that is often the hardest part because a lot of these cities and counties that are on the border are just as dirty as the cities and areas on the other side of the border. Corruption doesn't stop at the border. People are paid off uh, by the cartels. Um, and so it's a, it's a challenge, but we have overcome it to a great extent, and uh, we are in the process of, we, we built our first length of wall, a little over, almost a mile, coming out of, uh, right off of the Rio Grande River and up um, a very steep grade that the Border Patrol and the Corps could not build on. It would be too expensive, too difficult, take too long. Uh, we We built it. From the time we went in to the time we, we completed the final uh, uh, panel of the wall, it was uh, a total of 50 days, and that was including about uh, 35 days that we spent in regulatory morass. And so, uh, and we built it for a third of the cost that the government uh, said it was going to cost. So we're now on our second phase near McAllen, Texas. Um, and we'll keep going as long as, as we can and as long as there's a need. Now, we can't build, you know, realistically, not 1,900 miles of wall, but we can, in fact, plug in some gaps that fill the gaps that have been lay, uh, left in so many places and show the federal government how it can be done. Uh, and we hope that they will take our lead, and we are in contact and in communications with the Department Homeland Security for further construction. We are talking with uh, former Congressman Tom Tancredo from Colorado. He is now on the uh, an advisor on the board of uh, of Build the Wall. I, I want to talk about the current situation now because um, the Department of Homeland Security yesterday issued a terror alert. He said, uh, Chad Wolf said, there is no specific threat uh, against the United States from Iran here on the homeland, but they issued a terror alert anyway because Iran has, of course, vowed retaliation for the killing of Soleimani, etc. We have long said that our concern on the southern border, Congressman, is not just about a bunch of migrant farm workers coming across. It's not even just the gang members, the cartel members, the human traffickers, the smugglers, but it's also potentially terrorists coming in from other parts of the world who find their way perhaps down to the triangle of countries, Central American countries that are part of the um, uh, never-ending, seemingly never-ending uh, caravans to the north uh, through Mexico and into the United States, uh, or sometimes just to Mexico. Mexico directly, but they are coming in from all over the world, including terrorists. So uh, how concerned should we be that perhaps Iranians, because of the current situation, or other uh, others who are uh, hostile to the United States, are getting into this country by way of that southern border without its wall? Well, considering the fact that they have done it in the past, we have had an, an experience. Uh, it was in 2011. Um, it was actually directed by a guy by the name of Suleimani, um, who is uh, who was the head of, of course, the Quds Force, which is the extra uh, military and terrorist organization as part of the Iranian government. Uh, they, in 2011, they cut a deal with the Los Zetas, which is one of the most uh, 
violent of uh, all of the cartels in Mexico. Um, they paid them in order to smuggle people into the United States for the purpose of committing a terrorist act, which they did do. It was in Washington, D.C. They set up a bomb attempting to kill a, a Saudi uh, ambassador um, and in a restaurant in, in Washington, D.C. Uh, they had other plans we uh, became aware of and, and, and were able to thwart. Um, so, yeah, it has happened. Not many people perhaps remember that event, but I do. And I also know that having been on the border as I have for, oh, I don't know, I, this issue has, of course, been my my main issue and interest in, in politics for the last 35 or 40 years. And I've been on the border many times. Uh, I have seen with my own eyes the um, prayer rugs, the uh, Korans that have been found, the um, information, uh, some just, you know, uh, propaganda stuff that's been brought in uh, and, and on the border. I mean, I've seen it, and I know that there are people coming across who aren't simply looking for, you know, the job that no American will do. Um, and the we know that the cartels, are very interested in this particular arrangement because it's very lucrative. The cost to smuggle in a potential terrorist into the United States is at about $50,000. And um, and it gets higher depending upon the, the threat level, I suppose, that we are, uh, for instance, right now, it would be more expensive because of what you just described, the threat level being uh, going up. And, you know, as I say, nobody's, nobody's going to be paying, uh, and, and then nobody individually is paying 50000 it's, it's a government, it's a, uh, it's some organization, it's Hezbollah, uh, and they're not paying to, to bring people in here to work at the 7-Eleven. You know, it is for nefarious purposes. There's, a, there's an area north of Flagstaff quite a bit, but they actually called it... Uh, this was years ago, I remember. The, the, the Border Patrol would refer to this, this area, or, or this corridor, maybe is a better way to put it, as the Arab Road, because there was, there were, that's the, 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 they would use that area to come through, and um, it was because it's separate from the, um, the lanes, of the traffic lanes, the human traffic lanes that come across that are carrying drugs and or smuggling people. It's a different... Uh, area to, to use, and so absolutely, this is this has happened. It's been happening. There, there, perhaps I certainly do not know for sure, but I can tell you that the, the chances are great that there are sleeper cells here in the United States uh, that are waiting for you know the orders to do what they wanted, what what they think what they're here for. So, yeah, it's a dangerous situation. Uh, whenever your borders are porous as ours are and have been. And when you've got people out there who have every intent to destroy you and and uh, what you're all about, you've got a problem, right? Because they don't need to build missile uh, that would uh, uh, do the job. They can bring in the materials. Uh, they can bring it in the suitcases. And and so, yeah, it's a very dangerous situation. 
Former Colorado Congressman Tom Tancredo laying it out for us. It is a very dangerous situation. We've all known for a very long time the need for the wall. That's why President Trump won as much as anything else in 2016. He won because he said, I will secure our southern border. And Nancy, and uh, uh, Hillary Clinton said she is for an open we- uh, border's western hemisphere. So uh, clearly uh, the danger has been known for a long time. But the danger from... Islamic radicals is something that maybe people did not know, and I'm so glad you're here to sh- uh, share that with us. Uh, Congressman Tancredo, keep up the great work, sir, with Build the Wall. Uh, we Build the Wall, beg your pardon. We Build the Wall, the organization, and thanks so much for the time today. You bet, sir. Thank you. God bless. Uh, that's former Congressman Tom Tancredo. Again, We Build the Wall is the organization he is working with and working for uh, online at webuildthewall.us. It's 1048. Quick time out. Back with more calls after this. France, here on AM 1420, The Answer. Oh, for more information. Online at whkradio.com, on your Alexa device, on TuneIn, iHeart, and now radio.com. AM 1420, The Answer. Ten fifty-two. Final segment of the Pop France Authority for this Wednesday. I want to spend this. I know I said I would take calls, but I want, I want to spend this sharing with you something that I actually teased way back at the beginning of the program in the first segment. When I said, how do the Iranian people feel about this? Because it's not their fault that their lunatic uh, leadership in the Islamic uh, State, the Islamic Republic of Iran, uh, continues to try to advance their own religious causes uh, with violent, aggressive actions toward innocent people. They don't support General Soleimani. They did not support him when he was alive. They don't support him now in his memory. They don't, they're not grieving and, and mourning his loss unless they're being forced to or paid to. The Iranian people uh, are represented, I think, very well by this Iranian-American who put a video out that has gone viral. It's five minutes long, and I want you to hear every word of what she has to say so that you understand. The Iranian people are not our enemies. The Iranian regime is. Listen. You don't know me. My name is Sagar, also known as Erica for my American friends who can't say Sagar. Um, I am Iranian-American. I have spent the last 12 years of my life as a human rights activist working on Iran policy, watching the Middle East. Yeah, it's a super complex issue. And many of you probably before today had never ever heard of the name Mohandas or Soleimani. But I feel like we're living in the twilight zone, guys. I'm, I'm completely outraged at this notion that the propaganda machine that is the media is glorifying Qasem Soleimani. Do you people know that this man has not only the blood of Americans on his hands, but the blood of Iranians, Iraqis, Yemenis, Afghanis? I mean, since when did we start mourning the death of a terrorist? I mean, seriously, I've had like friends on the left 
both Iranian and American, um, attack me for echoing the rhetoric of my people. The people in Iran are happy. The people in Iran are happy that this man who was responsible for the slaughter of so many people is gone. Like, where was your outrage last month when the regime slaughtered 1,600 kids for peaceful protests? Where's your outrage for the thousands of political prisoners that are in Iran right now? Where was your outrage when the Hashtashabi took over the American embassy and like vandalized it and killed an American contractor. Like I, I just, I don't understand. So I'm sorry if I'm, I'm ranting, but my, you know, who cares? My opinion doesn't really matter, but for, for the, you know, in the interest of those that have reached out, here's the deal. I'm an Iran watcher. I'm an Iraq watcher. I'm a Syria watcher. I'm an Afghanistan watcher. And for the people on the ground, they don't hate America. They don't hate Donald Trump. In fact, there's a lot of trending hashtags right now from Iran on Twitter. Thank you, Trump. We thank you. Thank you for, you know, Soleimani. Thank you. You know, go look for yourselves. And, you know, honestly, guys, if you don't know anything about the Middle East, please keep your opinions to yourself. I beg you, because all you're doing is you're distorting the flow of information. You're drowning out the sound that's coming out from the ground. And people in Iran are happy. And they are giving out, you know, in the Middle East, it's cultural practice to when something wonderful happens, when there's a marriage or when there's a celebration, you give out cookies, you make cakes. And you should see the videos that are coming out. People are baking cakes. People are giving out cookies in public in the streets because they're happy. You know, I mean, I don't know. Do we do we live in a closed society that we don't know that most people in, you know, in the Middle East are not free? Uh, specifically in Iran, it's an Islamic state. There's no freedom of religion. There's no freedom of speech. There's no freedom of peaceful uh, you know, protest. And for anyone who disagrees with the regime, they're arrested, they're jailed, they're tortured, uh, you know, and yeah, there's a lot of video coming out right now about, you know, the, 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 the funeral of Qasem Soleimani. It's so much propaganda. You guys, the regime has been saying death to America for 40 years. They forced us in school to say death to America. I was seven years old. I didn't know what I was saying. And the people that are like saying that right now, they're called the Basiji. They're like, you know, they're getting paid. They're the ones that get paid to kill people on the street. So, yeah, they're going to say death to America, but that's not the people. The majority of the people in the Middle East don't hate America. They don't hate Donald Trump. And I'm probably going to lose a lot of friends for saying this, but thank you, Mr. Trump, for making a very hard decision and for having the moral courage to do something that probably a lot of world leaders wouldn't have had. Anyway, that's my two cents. I love you guys. If you want to have a conversation, let's engage. Let's not attack. It's not healthy. And hashtag everybody calm down. There's no World War Three coming, okay? I just thought that was absolutely 
wonderful. Um, she again, this has gone viral. Uh, it is on YouTube. It is on Twitter. Is it on? It is on Facebook. Her name is Erica Kazrali, K A S R A L E. If you want to find it, I have tweeted it. I have uh, Facebooked it, and I, I think it's something you should absolutely watch and listen to and share with other people. You just listen to it, but listen again and share. The uh, Iranian people, as she stated, they're not out there mourning the death of Soleimani. They're happy about Soleimani, what you are seeing from all of those videos of, of uh, the, you know, the crying in the morning and so on and so forth in the death to America, these are either paid actors by the uh, uh, Iranian regime or they are just being threatened. They're terrified that if they don't show proper sadness for the death of Soleimani, that they'll be the next ones taken into prison and tortured. The Iranian people don't wish harm to America. It's only the regime. So I think that's very well worth our time. Mike Gallagher's coming up next. Stay here on AM 1420, The Answer, and we'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.